Welcome back to this week in Wisconsin prep hockey. It's getting late in the season and we still got plenty to talk about. I'm Mike Hammett, along with both William and Bill Berg. Dell is uh, off uh, on assignment tonight, so uh, we'll give him a free pass. And Junior, we got ourselves a guest tonight. You want to give him give him an introduction? Sure. Uh, I should probably stop calling him the new Tom Shafransky. Uh, but we have LeVar <laughs> Ridgeway, uh, assistant director of the WIAA. Uh, LeVar is working with cross-country hockey, soccer, and softball. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I know this has uh, been long awaited, and I've been listening to the podcast. I know you guys have been looking for me, so here I am. <laughs> well, we talk to Tom just about every year, so, you know, you got big shoes to fill, I guess. Definitely, definitely. So first, what's it like, you know, taking over as an assistant director for the WIAA while we're still in, in COVID land where nothing is ever certain, everything is up in the air? Yeah, um, you know, being an AD uh, for eight years before uh, coming into this role, you know, it's something within the last year, two years now that, that you kind of deal with and, you know, you kind of roll with the punches and if anything we've learned We've learned that we're able to be um, what we can flow a little bit better. We can roll with the punches and we can come up with new ideas given the situation. So um, we're doing the same thing here at the WIA, um, looking at ways to obviously provide opportunities for our student athletes and, you know, provide those um, state championships that everyone loves to see. Well, it's, it's nice to hear you say that because, um, flexibility is not always the perception people have of the WIAA. Um, the, the reputation of the WIAA over many years is kind of stodgy and, and locked in place. But last, yeah. last, last year we thought that um, the WIAA, as far as like the other states around us, did a very good job of coming up with alternative plans for hockey and their alternative state tournament. Um, and you know, they, they, we were, we were, we were actually quite, quite surprised at how, how well, um, you guys adapted to the situation last year. Um, so what are we looking for this, uh, to finish out the, the hockey season this year? Well, fingers crossed. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, cases have gone up when in COVID land, as you say, William, um, but we're, we're looking to, um, finish out strong with our winter, tournaments and also moving into spring so um, we're hoping that the case continues to go down and you know we're looking forward to hosting all of our events as planned okay because we because um we always cover the state tournament we get uh one of the the suites at the end and i tried i tried reserving that for this year and um the alliant energy centers they said that's not been confirmed yet that um we we can't rent that suite yet well, I did a walkthrough actually this Monday and I saw the suite that you guys will be in. I uh, went uh, with some of the staff at the line, did our walkthrough and talked about uh, the upcoming tournament. So we're looking forward to having it there at the Alliance. Okay. Because we're, we're generally in the one right next to you guys. Yep. And, you know, wh whenever you want to swap with us. Well, there, be there's one on the other side with the door in between. I'm trying to figure out who gets that one. That, that's, I think that might be the coach <laughs> association. Oh, they, they get the grand suite. 
Yeah, because, I mean, you guys have better sight lines there, so we're trying to do our stats and our plus minus. <laughs> we have to be able to see the players coming in and out of the doors whenever gotcha. a goal is scored. So, like I said, if, if you guys ever want to swap with us, we'll take that one on the we end. Can, uh, maybe we can rob paper, scissors for it. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll trade our popcorn we get for it. <laughs> you can have it. So now, which school were you in, in, a, in AD with? I had this written down, but I can't find it. Shorewood. Shorewood High School. So for hockey, that would have been the, the white NWS Bay, Shorewood. Yeah, yep, WNS so, co-op. Yep. For girls, USM. For boys, Whitefish Bay. All right. So we did have the pleasure of thinking girls to go to state. Uh, ooh, don't, don't quote me on the year. I think it was maybe 15 or 16. And the boys would have went... I don't know if it may be right before you started. The boys went once too with. Um, I started Thomas in 13. Aiken. I started in 13. Yeah, Thomas Aiken when, um, what's his name, was the coach? Mako. Our favorite Canadian. Mako. Mako Belkovic, our favorite Canadian. <laughs> um, you know, coming into the new role this year, the coaches have certain expectations of dealing with the WIA. How has your, your work been with the, the coaches advisory board for the boys and girls? Uh, experience has been great. Uh, been working with uh, BJ and, and Mark Thorne, just talking about different things. That I, you know, when you come into a new role and you take over a sport, you know, just like when I was a new AD uh, taking over at Sherwood, you get all all kinds of emails of suggestions and things that um, you should do or things that would work well that maybe didn't happen in the past. So, you know, for me coming into this role, just like I did as a new AD. You know, I, I'm welcoming all communications, all suggestions. And for me, I just want to see this thing, a cycle go through one time. So I want to see how it's done, you know, get to the alliance, see how the tournament works. What are some of the things that maybe we can tweak, adjust what works well, what doesn't, and, and talk with those groups to see how we can make a better experience for our student athletes. LeVar, years ago, we had the experience at the Alliance Energy Center of a uh, scoreboard kept blitzing out on us no <laughs> we went through that a couple of years there and lion energy center finally addressed it and we've had very few problems with it now but boy back at that time that was no fun <laughs> i think the the new scoreboard has been a couple of years now right yeah yeah and speaking of the, the line energy center is this the final year of that contract uh, right now, is the, it is the final year. Has the discussion begun on renewing that or looking for alternate venues? I think the discussion has been had on all fronts. And that kind of goes back to getting all the suggestions on different opportunities, different suggestions, different, different you know, venues to possibly go to, a list of venues. Um, and then, you know, what we want to do is take a look and see what works best on a couple of different levels, right? You want to make sure what works best logistically. You want to see what works best from the, the fan standpoint, what works best from the player and, and coach standpoint and, and the overall experience. Um, you know, depending on which direction we go, um, you know, we may not check all those boxes. We may not satisfy everybody, but I want to make sure I get all the information I can to make an informed decision. Yeah, speaking of that, the... The, the two divisions that, that they have now, the Division One, Division II, um, that has been a real godsend for the, the smaller 
uh, communities. Um, we, 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 we did some games this year where, you know, coaches talked to us how, how that having that opportunity of the state tournament is even filtering down into increasing numbers at their youth levels. Um, because the, the, the kids coming up now can see that, you know, this, this is actually, they, they can actually play for a team that has a chance to go to a state tournament. Sure. So as far as the, you know, the small schools, it, it's been fantastic. Um, it, it, it's kind of odd because the number is 32. There's a lot of shuffling this year with um, uh, Pacelli coming back and, and, you know, w- w- with some of the newer schools and, Teams that are on that bubble, you know, either the, the largest school in the Division Two or the smallest school in Division One, uh, I mean, are they going to get like sh- shift back and forth every year? Well, you know, a lot of that it all depends on enrollment. So it, it depends on you know whether enrollment goes up or down in certain schools, or if uh, teams join in on, on co-ops or teams or schools leave co-ops. So that that's all fluid within you know, those things. And we, we look at that. And then obviously from a geo, uh, geographical standpoint, look at the pairings and, and go from there. Is there any chances here with the uh, state hockey tournament we do uh, like we did last year where the uh, quarterfinals are held at uh, school sites or was it just going to be, uh, would it be just like the normal uh, state yeah, tournament? This year, we'll be going back to our regular schedule. Uh, schedule. Um, you know, I know obviously, you know, with COVID, things were a little bit different and we we're trying to find a way to make sure uh, we got those games in, given that we couldn't go to our normal facility. So uh, right now, the plan is to go back to the way they, uh, the schedule has been in the past. Does it, is it going to really matter or what's going to go on if the situation they have in Dane County with the uh, Alliant Energy Center being in Dane County uh, with their mask mandate? Sure. Uh, right now, currently the mask mandate, I think, goes to March 1st, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we've had some preliminary talks with, uh, you know, folks at the Alliant and Dane County. Uh, we're fairly confident that we'll be able to, you know, work out a plan uh, similar to what we've done with our fall um, championships at uh, some of the UW facilities uh, with some uh, ways to make sure we have that um, event there for our student athletes and uh, spectators coming in. Now, uh, I want to talk about um, on the girls' side, um, there is a perception around the state that some of the larger co ops in the state, some of the more metro co ops, are no longer co-oping because it's necessary and they're co-oping because it gives them a competitive advantage. Uh, I don't know whether that's true. I'm not an investigative journalist. I haven't looked into it that deeply, but like when people are expressing concerns like that, what kind of role does the WIA have in, in policing that? Um, I would say I would be similar to just taking in the information, you know, seeing the concerns of coaches, hopefully they will, you know, bring those things up to our coaches advisory. Um, looking at that to see if anything needs to be adjusted. Um, I know, you know, just for for example, in gymnastics, there were some some rules changed based off number of teams that can co-op and such. But not saying that that would be anything we would do in hockey right now. Um, but you know, those are some things that have happened in the past. 
Yeah, yeah. Since since he brought up, you know, opened the the, the can of worms that is the the co-ops in, in girls hockey, because um, I mean it, it it seems to be having the opposite of, of what the the professed desired uh, purpose of the co-ops is is to um, inter- be able to introduce hockey as a high school sport in areas that can't fully support it yet. But since it's since it's been going, I mean, actually the number of teams has gone down um, as teams have folded and become co-ops. Um, the smaller teams, kind of like uh, the opposite of the way it is with the two division now, that the smaller, some of the smaller schools have just sort, sort of given up and um, some of the co-ops uh, have just grown uh, huge. I mean, not just in terms of numbers, but in, in geography, I was looking at your uh, your your rules for co-ops. You know, the schools involved must be in the same geographical area. Um, I, I don't know how you define a geographical area, but uh, the Hayward Co-op goes from Ashland down to Rice Lake, which is 110 miles away. Um, and even the, the Wisconsin Valley Union Co-op, well, they, they play most of their, they, they play their games in, uh, Hayward, which is kind of in between the two, uh, but like the Wisconsin Valley Union, they have they go from Wapaka all the way to Marshfield, and they split up their games. Um, and I looked, and like if 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 you, you had a daughter who was you're, you're in Marshfield, um, they had one they had basically they had one home game, one game was played at Marshfield, uh, the rest of their games. Uh, we're either played in Stevens Point, which is 30 miles away. We're played in Wapaka, a home game in Wapaka that's 65 miles away from your home. Um, so I don't know how that fits into the, the geographical area aspect. Sure. I, I think, you know, what we're trying to do or what has been done in the past is provide opportunities for, for student athletes where, you know, they may not have those um, afforded to them. You know, obviously, the goal of a co-op or the goal of co-ops in general is to, you know, increase participation so they can have their own standalone program, um, you know, given whatever the complexities of having, you know, hockey at certain schools or uh, rink or ice availability or, you know, what, what have you, you know, provide some type of um, barriers at some point. But again, that's something that, you know, with me being new, I'll be looking to see and, and looking for feedback on. Yeah, and I think one of the things that turned a lot of heads over the last four or five years is is the number of co-ops that field their full, I think it's 22-person varsity roster, and then they have a full JV roster as well. Um, and when you're looking at, you know, a co-op of, you know, five large-ish Madison area schools or, you know, four large-ish Madison area schools, fielding a full varsity team and a full JV team uh, just it kind of rubs some some fans the wrong way. Sure. So I think that was that's when it really really started to come to a head that I saw anyway. Mm-hmm. Now you also do softball. Yes. And I know that softball is an eight team division one sport and then four team in division two and three at the state tournament. So I think. You know, that gives, you know, boys hockey fans hope because they're really hoping for that eight team division one uh, just because the way the math works out now, 
you know, versus the the old eight division single or eight eight section single division format. I think the four section division in division one now are actually larger than they were when it was eight sections covering all schools. Uh, so I think they're, they're, they're hoping for that. And I think, you know, you've got softball, which is eight, four and four. So they're, I think they, they see that as a good thing. Sure. And, and you know, I've, I've gotten those emails and those um, requests and, you know, talks about going eight, four and four. Um, like you mentioned, I do have softball that has it, you know, a lot of it, again, just taking in information, see if it, if it works logistically, seeing if it's something that's consistent with other sports and not only softball, it's just what we do. Um, at the WA, but again, I'm open to having those conversations and seeing what works best for the membership. Well, I mean, it, it's it's it happens every year. No matter how many, no matter how many uh, sections you're going to have, you're going to have you know a section of depth. You know that that's loaded. Like you'll have some of the best teams, but but right now, I mean, the the the, the in Division One, the top three teams in the state are all in the same section, you know, so <laughs> only one of them is going to actually go to a state tournament. Yeah. And, and you know, unfortunately, because well, not unfortunately, but because we go off of geography, you know, I look at it in other sports, I do cross country as well, you know, and at a section of the top two teams go to state, but in that section, it may be four teams that are, are very capable of going to state or if they were in another sectional uh, would qualify for state. So, you know, it's not, it's not just a hockey thing. It's, you know, yeah. just based off of what we do. Well, I mean, two, two of them are in the same city. So regardless of how many sections you have, they're going to be in the same one. Right. Um, yeah. Eau Claire North and Eau Claire Memorial are never not going to be in the same section. Sure. Um, so when it comes, you know, sectional seatings will come out here in a couple of weeks and then there's going to be, you know, the regional and sectional games. Are you planning to get any, get to any of those games? Definitely. I'm looking forward to it. Like you uh, mentioned, I think we have our seating this coming Sunday. Um, so, and, and to that note, I just want to thank you guys for all that you do and, you know, the, uh, the opportunity you give for me to, to look at the top six and listen to your podcast so I can have an idea as we're trying to uh, speculate where different games may be. Um, your, your website and your, your podcast is one that I listen to intently to see where, where I may end up in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> intently, just to make sure we're not going over the line with something we say, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we keep it respectful. Hey, hey, LeVar, what goes, for the average fan that may be watching out there, what goes into determining uh, locations for uh, for regionals and sectionals? Uh, well, mostly it's, it's the, the higher seed, and then uh, we have a sectional final host that put in to host, uh, just like any other sport, they have an opportunity to put in the host. And then we look at, obviously, you know, ice time or uh, facility wise, if they'd be able to fit um, the amount of people that we're expecting to come. Um, and then we kind of shakes out until we get to the alliance. Cause those, cause some of these sectionals are really, you know, we've had the problems in the last couple of years of where um, you would have a sectional kind of a smaller venue, but you have two schools of big followings and all of a sudden you got a lot of people get wanting to get in and, you know, sure. well, and I, yeah, I that know situation. It, it, Sure. And, and other sports that, you know, what we try to do, you know, given the, the sectional, um, and like you say, you put in the host and we try to spread the wealth a little bit. If, if you, uh, 
if you know what I'm saying, I want to, we want to make sure that each school that puts in gets the opportunity to have that game. So we, we normally do it like on a two year basis where, you know, you may host for two years and we rotate it to another, to another school that may put in. You know, the thing is about the sectional finals, I mean, we have the state tournament, but the sectional finals are just as exciting sure. to find out whether you're going to go to state or not. I mean, mm-hmm. people get pretty juiced up about that stuff. Definitely. It, they want to see if they can make that cut to, you know, make that trip to Madison. And mm-hmm. it's a very, very interesting time. I, I know for us, because we try to get around it to as, as many as sectional finals as we can. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, each one of them is usually a place that's really pretty loud. And, you know, everybody seems to be enjoying themselves a good hockey game. And I looked when, it up. When you get to when you get to that point, you hope you you got some good hockey games going on. You got some of the best of the best there, um, and, and it's it's good for each of those communities. It's good for the fan base, and and it's good, you know, to see, you know, the 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 thrill of victory, um, and going to the Alliance and, and making those that Final Four, um, and, and then you know traveling on down to Madison and see what happens. Yeah, it was the 2012-2013 season that your Whitefish Bay Nicolay Shorewood co-op went to the state tournament for the boys. Okay, so it would have been right so, before I got there. Yep. That's where uh, I, Mako... I can't lay had, claim to that. Then. That's where Mako had the senator playing for him. Yeah, their captain was nicknamed the senator. After he was done in high school, he went to Harvard. <laughs> So Michael called him. All right. Anything well, I, got, I got I got one more. I got one more question. Maybe, maybe this is something you can actually look at for this year. Getting back to the girls' co-ops. Um it, it's a minor thing, but at the state tournament, they have the banners up there of all the participants. And it's not the DC Everest co-op, it's the central Wisconsin storm. It's not the Appleton Xavier co-op. It's the Fox City Stars. Can you do something about those banners to get them to actually match the team names that we have? I will I will see what we have, but if you are, are you offering to sponsor those banners? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm making notes. Now. I, Good one. Know, <laughs> if you're willing to, I, I got time. <laughs> I'm I bet I bet we could find a sponsor for those. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm I'm open, but I'll definitely look into it. I'll, I'll see what our uh, what our stock is, and obviously we'll see who makes it. Um, but you know, whoever does, I'll, I'll see if I can make something happen next to the uh, the popcorn in your suite. Yeah, because we're afraid that since we didn't have the tournament there last year, they've just been holding that popcorn for oh, us. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Well, I didn't smell any when I went on, on my uh, walkthrough, so I'm hoping that uh, we'll, we'll have some fresh popcorn ready for you. All right. Hot dogs. I don't know. I don't know. I can't promise burgers, but. Just stay, right. out of our refri- just stay out of our refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? A lot of the stuff I, I will say um, going through the walkthrough, again, I'm, I'm going from um, my point of view of not seeing behind the scenes i know yeah uh, a lot of work has been done at the alliance the locker rooms have, have been redone and some fresh paint has been put out um in the bowl so 
they are looking to improve some of the facilities down there. So I was happy to see that. Did they happen to say when the ice is going to go in? I uh, know we're working on that right now. I think they have a um, monster truck show coming in the next. Yeah, this, um, this weekend. Weeks. Yeah. So so we're looking at working with the company, see if we can uh, get that ice down um, and and get it nice and hard, right? So it won't be soft and slow, right? MJ, what, what what day is that monster truck thing on? Um, Saturday and Sunday. No, no, no. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! Sunday. <laughs> that was a good setup. <laughs> Old commercial. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all we have for Mr. Ridgeway today. Thank you for coming. Now, I appreciate you guys having me again. I, I look forward to seeing you down um, in a suite um, down at the Alliant uh, early March. Um, looking forward to continuing to listen to the podcast and, and use my little cheat sheet here to see where I may be going uh, and seed wise for the upcoming playoffs. And then uh, when I get back to Stevens Point, I'll look in the, uh, the archives here and see what my banners look like for Bill. All righty. Well, thank, thank you, you. sir. LeVar, we appreciate your time. All right. Thanks for having it. Have a good one. Okay. Thank you. LeVar Ridgeway from the WIA getting trial um, by fire. Trial by fire. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? But um, Burglar, good point about the banners up there. I can see some of those kids walking. It's like, what team is that? Well, I'm always looking at that when I look, when I look at the, uh, when I look at the, the bracket that the WA puts out. Wait a minute, who's which one of them is the Stoughton co-op? You know? Yeah. Yeah. If they could put like the you know the team name and then the schools like in parentheses or something behind it on the on the the assignments, that'd be nice. Well let's move like, on to our I've been looking at these you know these lists of co-ops for 20 years now and I still have trouble remembering which one is which sometimes especially the ones that have about 10 schools in it. Or like the fact that like West Bend and Germantown and Grafton keep like switching the name of who's in charge. Mm-hmm. So it keeps changing. Like, come on, man, this is hard enough. <laughs> Our games of the week. Burglar, you were able to go and check out Rhinelander taking on Mosani. I was. Uh, actually, we both did. Uh, we went to that, uh, Bill and I went to that game. Um, Mosini, uh, came out of that game. I mean, Mosini came into that game with, with the idea that they were going to beat the snot out of, uh, Rhinelander and, and they tried physically to beat the snot out of them, but they, uh, did that did not happen on the scoreboard. Uh, Mosini controlled the play, uh, for a good chunk of the game. Um, but, uh, Rhinelander ended up winning that game, uh, six to three, um, it was, it was it was a good game. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Bill? It was the most physical game I've seen this season. Um, yeah, out of all the games we've watched, the D two games, the D one games, even the high end D one games, that was the most easily the most physical game I've seen this season. They were they were, I mean, they were just seconds away from throwing haymakers. There were checks flying left and right. Well, there, yeah, there was one play where I actually thought uh, I was surprised that the, the guy only got away with uh, just uh, two minutes for cross-checking. Um, after one of the, the Rhinelander plays, uh, 
basically got got checked out of his helmet. Um, he went into the boards and his helmet went flying and one of his defensemen, you know, came to his, you know, well, you know, came to his aid and, you know, started wailing on the guy that hit him um, and, you know, got away with just two minutes for cross-checking. Um, but yeah, it was wow, a really? physical game. Uh, and the, 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 game the initial was, hit that knocked the helmet off from all, from the angle we had, it looked like a clean hit. It was just a fluke thing that the helmet came off. It wasn't like the guy took the guy's head off. So Rhinelander ended up winning that game against Mosin East six to three, and probably both teams needed an ice bath after that. Probably I think so. Yeah, and then Rhinelander was 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 poised, or there, there was a lot of movement at the top of the Great Northern Conference. Um, Rhinelander did end up losing to Antigo uh, later in the week, um, which I think makes Rhinelander the number two seed in the the Great Northern Conference tournament, which starts tomorrow. Yep, Rhinelanders two, Mosinese three, Anagos four, Wapakas five, Lakeland is up at the top. Our girls game had Black River Falls taken on the icebergs. Uh, Dell was there, and uh, Dell not with us tonight, but uh, Black River Falls girls, I take it, they won five to two that game on the girls' side, our girls' game of the week. Other games, Bill Jr., you guys got to go over to Hudson. And um, check out their hockey fights cancer game, boys and girls. How was it? It was very fun. Uh, that was my first chance to see Hudson this year. Uh, because they're right in our backyard, Wassa West has sort of been my measuring stick for Hudson, Eau Claire Memorial, and Eau Claire North. And, you know, watching Wassa West against Eau Claire Memorial, it was a four to one game with an empty netter. Uh, watching them against Eau Claire to North, it was a four to two game. Um, and I could see a path where, you know, if things broke the right way, Wausau West could beat Eau Claire Memorial and Eau Claire North. They need to make better passes coming out of their zone, better passes in the neutral zone, but I think they could actually do it. Uh, after watching them play Hudson, I don't see a path where Wausau West could beat Hudson this year. Um, using Wausau West as my measuring stick for those number one, two, three in the state, Hudson well earned their number one ranking. Um, I, I've never seen, I've never seen Wausau West, uh, take a, a beating like that. It ended up six to nothing. They only took, put 11 shots on goal. Uh, really the, the first two and a half minutes of the second period, probably the only two and a half minutes of the game Wausau West probably left happy with. Um, that was a tough game. Hudson is just relentless. Uh, they don't get a lot of scoring from their lower lines. It's, it comes from that top group and that top group of defensemen, but they're relentless top to bottom. They attack the puck with all their lines. Um, that's a very good hockey team. That's a very scary hockey team. I can see why they've only got the, the one loss in Wisconsin right now. Guys, how, how's their depth on that team? On Hudson? Just by watching them. Um like you, without looking at like players numbers and stuff other than like Max Giblin, I couldn't have told you like just watching the play for a few seconds. That's their first line. That's their second. That's their third. Yeah. Um, if, if you recall, I, I actually took a picture of the, the banners. They have six banners up there from the 2018, 2019 season. They won the Bantam, the one, the, the Bantam, one bantam two and bantam three 
So they had three Bantam teams that won state tournaments. And those, those are, those are guys who are juniors and seniors now. So they have a lot of good hockey players at that age. And, and Max Giblin is, he, he's something else to watch. Um, the way he, he just, he just skates through. I don't want I don't want to, I don't want this to come out wrong and it's going to, and send your email to trash or Wisconsin prep hockey. But sometimes <laughs> when, when you, you, you've seen, you, you see it more often in a girl's game where the best player on the team is a defenseman who can just pick up the puck behind the net and skate through everybody and go down and, you know, score on the goalie. Um, Max Giblin does that on against good, solid, you know, boys teams. Um, so, and he, he, yeah, he, he can, he can, he can control the game. Um, who was the last, they had a defenseman, Chase Blackman, who was like that a few years back. I mean, he, he can just, he can just, he just controls the game when he gets the puck. Um, that you know, was one slows, pretty step. He slows everything down and sets everybody up. Um, yeah. He was one special defenseman, no doubt about that. Um, Chase right now is playing for Notre Dame. I guess he finished out his uh, UMass Lowell, graduated there, and still had, had, uh, I guess, wanted to do some graduate stuff. And he's at Notre Dame right now playing for the Fighting Irish. Well, in the way transfers work. Not playing for Corey McCracken? The way the way transfers work in the NCAA right now, you get one free transfer now at, in Division One. Yeah, he's well, there. They, didn't didn't they get an extra? Did they get an extra year of eligibility like the football players did for the whole COVID thing? I believe so. I think I think they did. I don't know really how many guys took it. Some have. Obviously, Cole yeah. Caulfield didn't take it. You didn't need it. Uh, yeah, Hudson is. Yeah, Hudson's awesome. Um, that was, that was, that was a really fun game to watch. Uh, then the girls game came, not, 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 not for, not, not for Chad Holmes. <laughs> yeah, Chad, we, we talk, I talked to Chad Holmes for a good chunk of the, the second period of the girls game. And we were, we were, yeah, he was, that was not a great game for, for Wassa Weston, especially if you're broadcasting it. Um, you know, he doesn't have a color man in the booth with him. It's just him. So, yeah, he's, you know, describing a, a six to nothing beatdown. Um, so that's, that's tough for him. Uh, moving on to the, the girls game done that before. Yeah. Girls, the the, the Hudson girls, they got some top six votes at the start of the season. And then they sort of fell away from the rankings. And while we were watching this game now, bear in mind, Rochester century is not great. Um, as far as Minnesota hockey teams go, they're not a very good team, but just watching that game, I'm like, this is not an eight and 10 team watching Hudson play like this doesn't look like an eight and 10 team at all. Um, regardless of the fact that Rochester century is not very good. So we got home and I looked into it more. Well, sure. They're eight and 10 overall. They were like seven and three in Wisconsin. Um, and their losses came to the Fox city stars. Um, Hayward, who's a good team. And they split with the St. Croix Valley fusion who's in their section. Um, so Hudson is, is a really good team. Um, after two, it was two to nothing. Uh, they led in shots 16 to seven. And I tweeted out that the game wasn't nearly as close as either of those numbers would make you believe. 
Um, Hudson, there were times when their players literally skated around the Rochester Century defensemen as if they weren't on the ice. Like they just, they went around him. They didn't make a move or anything. They just went straight past him and around and the, the goalie kept it out of the net or, you know, they'd make a move and lost the handle or something like that. But yeah, it came out into the third period. They had a two, nothing lead six minutes into the third period. It was running time because they scored four goals in the first six minutes. And then after that, they tacked on three more Uh, two girls on the team had hat tricks. Leah Parker had a couple of goals. Um, Wisconsin, astute Wisconsin prep hockey listeners will remember Leah Parker from the state tournament when she was a freshman. Um, we've commented before that she's a very small, even as a senior, she was the smallest person. I, I don't think ice. she's grown. Um, yeah, when she went to the boards that freshman year when they were down at state, like she's too small to throw her leg up over the board. So she's like putting her stick on the boards and pushing herself up, you know, to get over. Um, she's you know, that was as a freshman and now she's a senior she leads their team in scoring. Uh, it's pretty obvious why she is a very good hockey player. Um, Hudson is in the, the big rivers conference for the girls. They beat Chippewa Falls Menominee twice. They beat Eau Claire area twice. Uh, they beat Western Wisconsin stars. Once they play them again tomorrow uh, and they've split with the St. Croix Valley fusion. So the worst they can do in the big rivers is um, six and two. Um so like they could win the big rivers. They could very well be uh, the one or two seed in their sectional this year. On Alaska is going to have something to say about that. Say Cray Valley is going to have something to say about that, but they could very well be up there. And um, like I said, they got top six votes at the start of the season and then sort of fell away. But I think the fact that they went like one and seven in Minnesota or before, you know, this week's game, now it's two. Um kind of their their record kind of took everybody out but against wisconsin they've been doing really well they've only lost against you know top teams so uh, i think that's a, that's a good team so good stuff over there at hudson watching those guys play in the uh hockey fights cancer uh games over there very festive atmosphere yeah they had uh, both teams were wearing special uh jerseys I don't think it was the whole uniform. I think it was just the jersey. Just the it jersey. was uh, purple um, instead of their normal blue. Um, various. Then they had, you know, events and stuff in the ice. They had, uh, like, you've seen the stand up to cancer events at, like, the World Series or, you know, where the people hold the signs. They had the signs on the wall, and each one of those signs costs $25, I believe, in donation, correct? At yeah. least a minimum of $25. Yeah. There had to be. Is it like a hundred of those signs on the wall? There was oh, a lot. Each, each side of the wall. Wow. Yeah, there was like two hundred. The there were at least a hundred. Yeah, the, yeah, that there was. I I have I asked the coaches. You know how much did you guys raise? And they were waiting for the parents to to finish the tally uh, there in Hudson. Um, so they haven't they hadn't gotten that back to me yet. But they raised a lot of money. Um, it was it was a very good atmosphere. It was it was a very fun event. I'm glad Davis uh, made us go. <laughs> Yeah, we we did catch one other game uh, on Thursday. Uh, that was uh, at Marathon Park, Eau Claire North at Wausau West. And all I'm going to say about Eau Claire North is they are fast. That is the fastest team I have seen. They are faster than Hudson. They may mm-hmm. not be as skilled as Hudson, but as far as moving on the ice, those guys can fly. 
they can. And you can see, you know, I said, you know, Wasa West was never really in it against Hudson for the first eight minutes of the first period against Eau Claire North. Um, North took the first nine shots of the game. And it's not like Wasa had shot, had, had like attempts where they missed the net or whatever. No, they did. They weren't in Eau Claire's zone. It took them half a period to even like catch up to how fast North was. Once they did, it was actually a pretty good hockey game. Um, but by the time they did, they were already down two to nothing. Uh, so that doesn't really help. Um, and the difference between Eau Claire North and <coughs> Hudson is um, their coach even said it, and I had it in the article. Eau Claire North doesn't have, you know, that one guy like you often see on ranked teams. You know, they'll have, you know, like, you know, previous Eau Claire North teams, they had Erdahl and Stang. You know, they don't have, they don't have that guy. So their scoring over the, or for the, for the team is a lot more balanced than those, some of the other teams that are, that are ranked are because they have to get it from everybody and they excel at getting ugly goals, you know, rebound, rebound, deflection, that kind of stuff. That's how they score. So if you look at some of their games, like they put up a ton of shots, but not a lot of goals because, you know, they're, they're incredibly fast and they're incredibly hard to the puck, but they don't have that finish that you see out of some other teams. Um, so they could, they're, they're, they're a real wild card in that sectional um, because of their speed and, and the way things go for them. They, they've already beaten Hudson once. There's no reason to believe they couldn't do it again. Um, yeah. The old, the old cliche of, you know, it took us, it took us about 10 minutes to get up to speed. Um, that's basically Wausau West. It took them, you know, that long to actually catch up to the speed that Eau Claire North was playing the game at. Cause that's, that's not something you can simulate in practice because they don't have anybody that can go that fast. Yeah, you can't, you can't make your practice squad faster. They're as fast as they are. <laughs> you know, before we, before we move on, I just want to say one thing when you guys talk about Max Giblin, and I know what Trasher would say about Max Giblin right now. Trasher would say he's the real deal. Yeah, and un- unfortunately, on our roster on the website, they don't have Hudson doesn't have height and weight listed. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of good hockey players come out of Wisconsin, but they top out at like five ten or five eleven. I think he's bigger than that. I think he's like six two, which is you know, scouts like big guys. Oh, he is. Um, I went to the game. Um, Hudson versus Oakland Memorial at that game, the roster that they were passing out um, at the rink had the heights listed. Cause I looked at, I looked at the Hudson's guy, I looked at them out there on the ice and said, these guys aren't for, except for that one guy, these guys aren't very big. Um, that one guy was six, seven. So he just made everybody else look small. Um, but yeah, Giblin was listed at six, uh, two, I believe. No, no bunch of uh, Ben Bosworths out there. Just the one. Well, no, he was no, he was, he was skinny, tall but lanky. lanky I think they call him lanky. Not skinny. Okay. Yeah, yeah. lanky. Well, talking about good players, we got our Radisson Madison players of the week on the boys and girls side. On the boys side, congratulations to J J Weebush of Madison Edgewood. What a week he had on Tuesday. Four assists and an eight to one win over Oregon in a conference game. Friday, one goal, three assists, and a 10 3 win over Waukesha. And on Saturday, 
two goals, four assists, and a 10-3 win over Wanakee. So let's see, that's 10, 28, 28 goals last week. Um, that's just, you know, normally... Edgewood score, wow. <laughs> yeah, normally players, if you have a bunch of points in blowout wins, it doesn't usually help you win player of the week because in blowout wins, you're going to rack up points. That's, that's, that's how blowouts happen. But Edgewood beat Oregon, who is sixth in Division Two. They beat Waukesha, who has been sniffing around at the heels of the top six for most of the year. And they beat Wanaki, who was in the top six for, you know, several weeks back there. So it's not like, I mean, they, yeah, they won by a combined 28 to five against three good teams. And he sort of captained their offense through that. Well, yeah, this, yeah, this, 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 these weren't just three random games. This was the uh, groundhog, the, the groundhog tournament. Uh, the, yeah. I, th- I thought well, I looked at the bracket. So why did these have these teams that are like in the same conference playing each other in the first round? Well, it's a conference game, but it's also the beginning of the, the groundhog tournament. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, the Edgewood won the, the groundhog tournament in Sun Prairie. Now you look at Wanakee. I mean, that's a team this year who's put a ton of goals on the board and uh, getting held to three against um, Madison Edgewood. I've had a chance to see Madison Edgewood this year and I r- would really like to, but I know between Menzel, uh, Weebush, and they've got another player. I can't think of his name right off the top of my head, but they've got some quality kids there, and they are set to make a long playoff run. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. Girl side, guys, you're going to have to help me out with this. Nope, that's why I put your name there. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Michaela. Well, I know that, but her (laughs) last name. Let's just go with Spetcher. Spetcher. Okay. Michaela Spetcher of the Bay Area Ice Bears. Friday, two assists and a 2-1 to one win over the Metrolinx. And on Saturday, five assists and an 8 nothing win over Northland Pines. It's kind of weird how it works out that, you know, we never we never plan it like that way, I promise. We, we, we compile the list of, of Player of the Week candidates that we are sent or, you know, we look up some ourselves and add them to the list. And then we all vote. We don't argue like it should be this player or that player. We all just vote. And it always seems to come out in the voting that we have like theme weeks. Like this week, it's goalie week. This week, it's defense, but this week, it's assists. Weebush had four assists, three assists, and four assists in those three games. She had two assists in their two-to-one win and five assists in their other win. It's assists week in player of the week. I I did see her play in the tournament, or, or sorry, in our tournament in Chippewa Falls. Um, they, they ended up, uh, falling to, uh, the Fox city stars in a shootout game ended up as a tie. She had their goal, um, where she picked up the puck in the neutral zone and skated circles, I think around everybody on the Fox city stars and came in and, uh, faked the goalie right out of the net and then just deposited the puck. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I recall that's a, that was very Datsukian. Um, Datsukian? She, she, she can handle the puck. Our Radisson Madison Players of the Week, J.J. Weebush of Madison Edgewood and Michaela Spetcher. 
of Bay Area. And Michaela, I'm sorry if that's not pronounced right. Um, somebody could set us straight on it, I'm yeah, sure. If it's not, by a vowel. Hey, I had <laughs> to, I had to pronounce estition, which is spelled with all I's and X's last year at our on our on our awards thing two years ago. Bill Jr., our top sixes. People sit on the edge of their seat waiting for the top six while we banner about everything else. Well, they shouldn't wait because I post the top six story on Monday night, but I don't post the podcast until Tuesday morning. Um, So they should already be out. But uh, boys, one, two, and three do not change. Hudson, Eau Claire Memorial, and Eau Claire North. Uh, None of those teams did anything this week that would have hurt them. Um, and because none of them did anything to, to hurt them, uh, they're probably not going to change. Uh, Madison Edgewood on the strength of that uh, Groundhog Tournament performance, as we already said, 28 to 5 uh, in their three games. Uh, they move up uh, to fourth. Uh, Notre Dame Academy drops down to fifth. Uh, Nina is still holding in at the sixth spot. Um, Hudson was unanimous number one this week. I didn't mark that on the notes here, but they are unanimous. Uh, St. Mary's Springs and Rice Lake split the, the first place votes for D2 again. Uh, and the, the voting was a little narrower this week, but St. Mary's Springs hold on, holds on to the top spot. Uh, they took a, an unexpected loss this week. Uh, Rice Lake is second. Baldwin Woodville is third. New Richmond moves up to fourth. Amory drops to fifth. And Somerset uh, takes over the sixth spot from Oregon. And on the girls' side, the top three are the same, Bay Area, Fox Cities, and Central Wisconsin. Uh, the Madison Metro Lynx, uh, on the heels of their overtime loss to Bay Area, uh, moved up to fourth. So Onalaska dropped to fifth, and St. Croix Valley dropped to sixth. Now, we, we alluded to the, you know, the, the, the strength of uh, hockey right now being over in the – at least for, sorry, the boys are concerned, being over in the western part of the state – and you look at that Big Rivers Conference. Um, on the on the tops, well, yeah, on the the D one side, Hudson, Oakland Memorial, and Eau Claire North. If we still did a top ten in Division One, I, I think Chippewa Falls would be in there. Um, they're not far behind. And on the D two side, you got Rice Lake at two and New Richmond at four. So like. Who's not in there? Menominee? Menominee and River Falls. Yeah. Everybody else is like really good as far as the rest of this, as far as comparison to the rest of the state. So there you have it. There's our top 10 boys and our top six boys and girls. Let's move on. We got a comment on the top 10 story last week or the top six story, someone asking if we would consider going to top 10 uh, again for division one. And we had discussed this internally. Uh, it's our site. We discuss things regularly during the off season when we decided to go to top six, uh, what would it take to go to top 10? And there's basically two ways to get D one back to top 10. One, if the Wisconsin hockey coaches association officially asks us to go back to top 10 for D1. We're probably not going to say no. We may put some conditions on it, like X percentage of coaches have to vote every week, like a minimum vote total to get from them. Um, I mean, they we have coaches who vote every week, but mm-hmm. just 
you know, to put something on that of a minimum vote total that the coaches have to maintain, and you can have 10. Or the other one is if they get to 64 teams, we'll put it back at top 10. <laughs> we will see. Upcoming games of the week, Saturday, the Badgerland Conference Tournament. And uh, Dell's going to be over at the Eastern Shores Conference Tournament. Is that right? He's going to be there at least for the championship game. So as far as a specific game of the week, I guess if you look at a game, it would be the championship game for each of those tournaments. But yep. Bill, Bill and I are going to go over to the first champion center, whatever they call that over in Appleton. Community, I believe it's Community First Champion Center. Okay, Community First. Yeah. Sounds about right. Ready? Yeah, okay. Um, we're going to be, we're, we'll be there all day, I believe, for all the games. On Saturday. Uh, Dell, Dell can't make it until I think the championship game of the Eastern Shores. So those will be our specific games of the week. Now, with you guys being on the road, one of the things that was talked about between you guys and um, guys who follow high school hockey, they wanted to know where you were going to go eat. Yeah, we got questions about that. Get, get, so give, I, give people the criteria of where you, go, where you choose to go eat on the road. Well, ideally, they need to have a sign in the rink. Because you want to support the businesses that support the Holga Hockey Association. That's, we, we, and whenever, then, whenever I get to a rink, I look around to see the yeah the the, the sponsors, um, and then recommendations from the locals of those sponsors. So we tried to actually go to one of the the recommendations we got, uh, but they were booked up for two hours. Downtown Hudson was hopping, uh, so we went to the Pita Pit chain because we all like pitas. Um, and, 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 the, and Peter Pitt had actually three signs in the rink. They had a big one, which was right behind us. They had a smaller one over on the other side. No, they had two smaller ones on the other side. And they had a sign on the board. So that was four signs in the rink. So, wow. yeah, we went there. They I know that, yeah, I know, I know Peter Pitt is a chain, but whoever owns the franchise in Hudson is clearly given some money to Hudson Youth Hockey. Because yeah, four signs in the building, and they had um, Hudson Havoc, the the junior league team in whatever league they're in. Uh, they had USPHL. Like, yeah, they had they had schedules for them up in the in the restaurant. So okay, yeah. Um, You're traveling thoughts. for hockey. Go to the restaurants that support the hockey. That's a good point. That makes me wonder if Manny's has a sign up in in Eau Claire. <laughs> Man, my answer my answer to that would be if they don't burglar's not really going to Eau Claire for the hockey game the <laughs> hockey game is just a convenient <laughs> excuse for him to go to manny's pretty good stuff there at manny's yes yes mexican seafood all right our final thoughts for the week um i guess it's my turn this week well let me do the hobie baker thing first all right. Uh, because this uh, Tuesday, or no, the 6th, uh, next Sunday, is the deadline uh, for the Hobie Baker Character Award. Nominate a senior um, from your team. Uh, it's the 17th year for the award. Uh, right now, or as of yesterday, I think we stood at 30. 
uh, nominees uh, from the boys teams and 10 from the girls teams. I know traditionally we hit around 70%. Um, we always feel it should be 100%, but we're only, we're only like halfway to the 70%. Um, I know a lot of it comes, a lot of, the, a lot of the, the nominations do come in the last week. Um, but if you have a senior on your team who, who shows character and excellence and a love of the game and sportsmanship, nominate him for the Hobie Baker character award and if i if i know there's if i know there's anything high school coaches like doing with um off ice stuff it's waiting until the last minute (laughs) you know this year here in janesville we have one senior this year on the high school team one well that should make an easy choice well that and plus senior unless, unless unless he's a dick Nah, he's a decent guy. Um, the uh, <laughs> Jansel's had a pretty good year, so that means they should be pretty good next year too. Uh, their their talent is in the junior class. I mean, they got some things they need to need to address. But uh, twelve and six is still pretty good. Well, they, they've had a good season. Yeah, they've beat some decent. Um, Beat some decent teams, and you know the Big Eight is not nearly what it used to be twenty years ago. That used to be one black and blue conference, but uh, I mean Verona obviously is the jewel of the conference these days. Uh, Janesville and uh, Mattis Memorial been up there in the you know two and three, bouncing around a little bit. So uh, neither one has hit the uh, you know Verona's reached the top six, but really nobody else has come close to that top six in division one. Um, lost my train of thought because I had something I was going to say, talking about, oh, oh, I remember what it is. Check this out. Since we have one senior here in Janesville, does that mean senior night is all about him? I certainly hope so. You, no, you, you, you no, can't, no, you can't, no. You can't hardly no. skip senior night. no. No, we're not going to skip senior night, but he's not the only senior because we got a manager who's a senior. There you go. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, like, let me look at the let me look at the roster here. Oh, Jamesville doesn't have grad year listed on the roster. What's the senior's name? Uh, Caden Garcia. Well, they, they they shouldn't have senior night. They should have Caden Garcia night. <laughs> he's got his uh big old banner hanging up there you got a bobblehead Caden garcia bobblehead night there you go well that, that's a good idea i like it our by the way our mason hammett shrine in the garage still has his big hockey senior picture hanging there with a stick the glory days well hey the glory days are coming around here in Wisconsin high school hockey, the state tournament's coming around and WIPH, as you guys know, plans on being there. Um, but I'll tell you, it's uh, uh, money's pretty tight right now for the, for us guys. Um, every year it's, you know, we be able to come up with the money and we probably will this year, but uh, the advertising revenue hasn't been there this year. And uh, 
we could really use a little help. Um, if you like the site, you like the podcast. Even if you don't like the podcast, we could sure um, we could sure uh, use a little donation. Whether it's your booster club or just somebody who just wants to help out. On the top of the website page, there's a donate here tab. It says donate here. Don't it? Is that right? Yeah, it says donate to WIPH. Donate to WIPH. There you go. You go up if there, you, don't like you click the, on if it. If you hate the podcast, if you hate the podcast enough and donate enough money, we won't even do it. <laughs> Problem give us solved. A, a super big chunk of money. We won't even record for the rest of the season. We'll just do it all in text. <laughs> so, um, but anyways, we could really use your help. Um, whether it's a booster club or, you know, have a bake sale. I don't care. But if, if you guys really want to help out, um, we, we would sure appreciate it. Um, there's a lot of costs that come along with going to the state tournament. And, uh, you know, it's uh, just one of those things where it costs money to do that stuff. And the money just more or less just really isn't there at this point uh, for us to go there. But uh, with a little help, I'm sure we will get some. But, you know, if you feel the need or want to help out, enjoy the website. Click right up there to donate to WIPH up there on the top of the page and uh, help out. And we would sure appreciate it. And as they would say in Bartles and James, we thank you for your support. And we, we've, we've received, uh, we've received six donations so far. Um, and thank you. You know who you are. Uh, we know who you are too. Uh, we thank you for that. Um, slowly, we, we still have some time to go, but, uh, yeah, we have to we have we have to rent space down there. We have hotel rooms. You know, we got yeah, we have have expenses for that. So we'll get there. We'll get there with your support. Has has Trasher donated since he's alumni of WIPH now? Not yet, no. Not yet. Okay. All right. We'll have to knock on his door a little bit. So. Guys, anything else you want to hit up while we're here? No. I'll take that as a no. Should be after some pretty the, good. After the last couple of weeks, Burger and I are going to take it easy this week. I think we're only going to go to the, the Badgerland Conference Tournament on Saturday for those four games. None of this Tuesday hockey practice on Wednesday, another game on Thursday, then two more games on Saturday. Not doing that this week. That was last week. Unless so grandma instead, wants instead to, we're just doing four games on Saturday. <laughs> unless grandma wants the kids, right? I think grandma's kidded out. <laughs> well, all right. Well, I think we've uh, hit the end of the road of this podcast. So, guys, nothing else you want to add? No? Nope. Okay. All right. So, for uh, the Mr. Berg and other Mr. Berg and Del Scanlon, I'm Mike Hammett. Next week, we'll be right back here on This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey.